Recently, President Biden said, regional recognition of Israel as a Jewish state and a two-state solution are the ways to peace. No, I'm not joking. President Biden actually said that. Let's discuss Israel and the peace process and the existing obstacles that stand in the way of fulfilling this prophecy. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We are talking today about Israel and the peace process. That's been something that we've talked about for years because, as you all know, President Trump introduced uh, the peace plan and made a lot of headway in that regard, and then things just kind of crumbled. And so we haven't talked about it nearly as much as we were a year or so ago, but there's still lots of developments happening uh, because you know what, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter how bleak things look, uh, God's will is going to be done no matter who's in power in any of the countries around the world. So God is is much more powerful than any governmental system that's in place and his will's going to ultimately be done. And so there's lots of details about the peace process that we wanted to bring to you today. Uh, as I said in the opener there that President Biden actually did say those things, and so we're going to talk about that and quite a few other things, Doug. It's pretty interesting to read. It's very interesting. I mean, when you you look at that and you see it doesn't really matter who's got the office in the White House. Uh, God's got a plan, and it's in his word, and his word does not come back void. That's true. We are going to take your calls about this topic. If you have any questions about the peace process, Israel, uh, anything correlating with that, we will take your call and talk about it. So give us a call at one eight seven seven end time It's one 363 8463 We're also watching the Facebook chat as well. So if you have a question there, you can post it in the comments and we will try to get to it. Uh, so we want to bring to you this article from the Jerusalem Post. Says, uh, the title is Biden, no peace until, uh, re- excuse me, I'll start over. No peace until region recognizes Israel's right to exist. Regional recognition of Israel as a Jewish state and a two-state solution are the ways to peace, U.S. US President Joe Biden said on Friday. The president said until the region says unequivocally they acknowledge the right of Israel to exist as an independent Jewish state, there will be no peace. Peace. Asked a White House press conference if there has been change in the Democratic Party's position on Israel, Biden said, There is no shift in my commitment to the Secretary of Israel, period. No shift, not at all. I think that you know my party still supports Israel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great to hear him say that. And I got really excited when I saw this on Saturday. But then we've also got he's he's reengaging in this Iran nuclear deal, too. So at the same time, it's like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. It's it's kind of worrisome. But it is good to hear the 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 things that he's acknowledging. There is the right of Israel to exist. We know that that's the Abrahamic covenant. 
covenant. That's from Genesis 15, 18, where God promised Abraham, we talked about it last week, that this land shall be yours from the river in Egypt to the great river Euphrates. Mm -hmm. So for him to acknowledge that they have a right to exist there as a nation state, that's pretty incredible. So he's doing, he's saying this and talking about with Iran, Mm -hmm. Iran, excuse me, and um, what other actions does, as he made there, is it, you know, some people will say, oh, he can say all that, but his actions say otherwise. Right. So, you know, they're in these talks with Iran. They're, they're allowing them to um, get back into this treaty that uh, was there during the Obama administration that allowed uh, Iran to develop their uh, uranium. And they say that they're going to use it for, um, you know, electricity and things like that. But it, they're developing weapons-grade uh, uranium, and he's allowing that to, to be reestablished. Uh, to get those talks back. Remember what uh, President Trump had done. Um, you know, he, he goes in and, first of all, he declares that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel. Uh, he goes in and says the Golan Heights belong to Israel. He goes in and he puts sanctions on Iran, keeps them from, um, you know, being able to develop these weapons during the time of his administration. But then when Biden comes in, he just kind of reverses all that and goes back. Now, we, we still do have our embassy in uh, Jerusalem. He hasn't come back and said, no, we're, we're revoking that. Uh, so he's kept that. And these things, they look promising when you, when you hear that. But then, you know, he also says things uh, about, um, you know, giving up areas that Israel shouldn't give up as he's talking with the Palestinians and, and trying to, you know, put the Palestinians there. But he's also said that this is a back burner for us right now. This peace agreement in the Middle East is kind of a back burner. So he's kind of pulled away from that. We'll, we'll find out more about that as we get into some of these other articles. But I, I think that the big thing here is the fact that he has recognized that Israel needs to exist. And he's, he's even said that there needs to be a two-state solution. Those two things are prophesied in the Bible. And that's what got me excited on Saturday morning when I read this, uh, this article. So. All right, well, Doug spends many of his days uh, researching Bible prophecy and current events that's happening around the world. Dave does as well. We have a team of about 26 people here or so here in our building. Uh, We're broadcasting to you right now, totally free. You're not paying a dime to watch or listen to our show. Um, And we're a small nonprofit. We don't get government funding. We don't do third-party ads. Uh, but we have major costs just like any other worldwide organization. So if you appreciate the work that Doug does to keep up with this and our team, we have a fabulous team here. If you appreciate that, uh, we do survive from donations from our supporters. So if you would like to help us out, uh, every, every little bit counts. It doesn't matter what amount you're able to give. It does help and go a long way with helping us further God's kingdom and uh, furthering our God-given purpose. So go to endtime.com slash donate, become a monthly partner with us today or do a one-time donation and that'll go a long way in helping us to be able to continue to offer this show totally free, offer all the resources that we have at endtime.com for totally free. Your donation goes a long way for that. So we thank you for that. You can also call 1-800-END-TIME to give. 
com slash donate or 1-800-END-TIME. All right, the Jerusalem Post also did another story. I don't know if I'll be able to cover it all, but I did want to get into it, and then we can finish it after the break if we need to. But Blinken, US, uh, Blinken says, U.S. not jump-starting Israeli-Palestinian peace talks now. The United States does not plan to jump-start negotiations for a two-state solution at this time, Secretary of State Blinken told CNN on Sunday morning. Quote, I don't think we're in a place where getting to some kind of a negotiation for what ultimately I think has to be the result, which is a two-state solution, is the first order of business. When asked if he would, get, if he would revive Trump's peace plan for a two-state solution, Blinken gave a neutral answer. We're going to look at everything that's been done before, learn from that, just as we have in other areas, and see what makes sense and what doesn't. But our focus right now, relentlessly, is on dealing with the humanitarian situation to do reconstruction and rebuild and engage intensely with everyone, with Palestinians, with the Israelis, with partners in the region. We'll cover the rest of that article on the other side of the break. We do want to hear from you. Give us a call at one 877 end 1-877-363-8463. We'd love to talk to you about Israel and the peace process and all the prophecies that relate to it and current events that are happening now. So give us a call. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume 1. Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Welcome back to End of the Age. We're talking about Israel and the peace process. If you want to talk to us about that, if you have a question or a comment, call one eight seven seven end time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. If you're watching on Facebook, because we use the word Israel and peace in the same sentence, we get. Um, 
kind of suppressed a little bit. So if you hit the share button and instead of hitting the thumbs up, if you hit the heart, it does help with the algorithms to get out to your friends and family. They'll, they'll help uh, let them know that we're actually broadcasting a video. We, we have over 200,000 followers on Facebook. However, not all of our followers get notified when we go live. So with you sharing and you giving us a heart, it does help get the message out. So we appreciate that. On the other, uh, before the break, we were talking about Secretary of State Blinken, and he's talking about the, how the U.S. is not going to uh, jumpstart the Israeli-Palestinian peace talks now. I was reading an article titled, uh, well, it was titled that, U.S. not jumpstarting Israeli-Palestinian peace, uh, peace talks. And it goes on to say, European Union Foreign Policy Chief Joseph Borrell said that the international community could not afford to place the peace process on the back burner. Now that there is a, quote, now that there is a truce in place, some might be tempted to move on and leave aside the underlying causes of conflict. This would most likely lead to new cycles of violence that will only further strengthen extremists. We must do all we can to find that narrow political pathway to return to meaningful negotiations for a two-state solution. He added that he planned to work toward the resumption of an Israeli-Palestinian peace process, the last such process ending in 2014. Burrell said he planned to speak with all the relevant parties, including the Middle East Quartet made up of the U.S., the U.N., the E.U., and Russia. Quote, I will do all I can to try to reopen the space for negotiations and develop confidence-building measures. End quote. Yeah, so we... this is all very interesting. Uh, we're, we're seeing in these articles, they're talking about this two-state solution. Now we're seeing um, the quartet being brought up, the, the UN's quartet being brought up in this. Again, in this, uh, we're not going to put it on the back burner. We're going to move forward with this. So they're seeing an opportunity. Uh, different people are seeing an opportunity to take advantage of what was started. It's a big deal what the Abraham Accords have started it's kind of a big deal because they could actually achieve something here by getting the Palestinian Authority to come back to that negotiation table. And maybe this skirmish between Israel and Hamas in the last few weeks, maybe this was big enough you know, to be a spark to get the world kind of involved in this, to get them to kind of push more now for the Palestinians to, to kind of be nudged along and come into this. But... It's, it's interesting for uh, the reason that this two-state solution, Vince, we know uh, in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, it tells us that there's going to be uh, the area of Judea, Samaria, what we call the West Bank. That area is going to have uh, the Palestinian state. That's where this Palestinian state is going to be. And it's been spoken of in the past that the settlers that are there in that area, the Jewish settlers, could live there under Palestinian authority. So they would be Jewish citizens living under a Palestinian-controlled government, just like the Palestinians living in Israel right now are living under that Israeli-controlled government. It would be the same type of situation. But the Bible tells us that when we see the abomination of desolation, uh, that that's when these Jewish people living in Judea should flee into the mountains. God says, don't even go back 
to your home to get anything, you know, just run for your life. And so we know that this event, this uh, abomination of desolation is going to trigger that uh, great tribulation. And it's going to start in that area that they're talking about as this two-state solution. So Now, you say abomination of desolation. Yeah. That's just gibberish to a lot of people. What right. in the world does that mean? Absolutely. So we'll get into that a little bit more here in a little while. But we know what it... What it is from Scripture, we're going to see here in a bit. But Daniel, uh, you know, nine twenty-seven talks about it. Uh, Daniel eleven thirty-one and thirty-six talk about it. And Second Thessalonians chapter two talks about it. Second Thessalonians, Paul tells us a little bit more detail about it. It's when the man of sin will be revealed. He'll stand in a rebuilt temple, and he will declare. That he's God and to be worshipped as God. So he'll stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple, I should say. So the man of sin, that just can't be any sin, sinful person. That's somebody specific. Right. That's going to be the Antichrist. And we'll we'll uncover that as we get into Scripture a little bit later. So. Okay. Are we going to talk about the temple too? Because you said you got to stand in there and there isn't one. Yeah, we're going to talk about okay. that as well. Okay. okay. I don't want to jump too far ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, would you like me to go to the, the next article? Uh, sure, let's do that. All right. Jerusalem Post also um, uh, reported UAE Jordan ready to facilitate Israeli, Israel-Palestinian peace efforts. The UAE, which distrusts political Islamist groups like Hamas, has said the Abraham Accords would ultimately benefit the Palestinians. Now, do you believe that? I do believe that. Um, you know, that was one of the promises with the economic side of the peace deal was that um, they would really just blossom out there and, and they would become, uh, you know, like a Travis, uh, Travis, like a tourist <laughs> traveling area where they would, you know, tourists would be uh, wanting to come into the area because it would be um, built up for tourism. It, they would have all the benefits that the other countries around them have. And that was one of the promises with these other Arab nations that their uh, economics would pick up, that their um, that the travel into their areas would pick up, that they would receive um, all kinds of different uh, benefits from becoming um, normalization or normalized, I guess is what you would call it, with Israel, so that they would normalize those agreements with them. They would get technology, they would get economics, they would get travel. All these things would come to their areas. And yes, the Palestinians would also benefit from this. Not just the Palestinian government, but the actual Palestinian people that live under that government. All right. They go on to say the United Arab Emirates stands ready to facilitate peace efforts between Israel and the Palestinians. The de facto ruler of the Gulf state said in remarks carried on state media on Sunday. Abu Dhabi Crown Prince Shekha Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahan. That's good. Thank man. you. <laughs> made the comments in a telephone call with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah El Sisi, whose whose country, which U.S. support, brokered a ceasefire on Friday that ended the fiercest fighting in years between Israel and Islamist militant group Hamas. You know, I'm from the Middle East. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest, right. not from the Middle East. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. I didn't grow up with any friends with those names, so yeah. I felt pretty good about that pronunciation. That was really good. I am impressed. I, uh, <laughs> I am unlearned in how to do these pronunciations very well, so uh, we'll see you how did I did. You did it with authority. Well, I, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know if I did it right, but I, I, it felt right. Yeah. The, the UAE, which last year normalized ties with Israel, is ready to work with all parties to maintain the ceasefire and explore new paths to reduce escalation and achieve 
peace. Do you think we'll see peace? Yeah, I know we will because it's prophesied in the Bible. Well, that's easy. (laughs) But it doesn't look like peace right now. No, it sure doesn't. But we believe we'll see it. Yeah. Um, we do want to remind you, we are taking calls, one eight seven seven end time one 363 We'd love to hear your comments or questions about the peace plan and the process that's happening there. But uh, the article goes on to say, The Crown Prince stressed, however, the need for additional efforts, especially by Israeli-Palestinian leaders. Last year's normalization deals signed by the UAE and Bahrain, followed by Sudan and Morocco, were denounced by the Palestinians as abandoning a unified position under which Arab states would make peace only under a two-state solution, negotiations for which had been deadlocked for years. The UAE, which distrusts political Islamist groups like Hamas, has said the Abraham Accords would ultimately benefit the Palestinians. UAE Ambassador to Washington Yusuf Al-Ataba said last month that the establishment of formal channels under the Accords would allow the Gulf state to play a similar diplomatic role in the Israeli-Palestinian conflicts to Egypt and Jordan, which have peace deals with Israel. Egypt and Qatar, which has ties with Hamas, lead regional efforts for the ceasefire that ended 11 days of fighting in which aerial bombardment of Gaza killed 232 Palestinians and rocket attacks killed 12 people in Israel. Jordan's King Abdullah stressed on Sunday the importance of translating the Gaza ceasefire into an extended truce and said there is no alternative to a two-state solution between Israel and the Palestinians. King Abdullah called for stepping up Arab and international efforts to translate the ceasefire into an extended truce to push for political solution that fulfills the legitimate rights of Palestinians. Yeah, so that's a great article. And when you when you look at this and you see what they're saying, they reiterated a couple of times in there that they didn't trust Hamas. They didn't, they didn't trust these terrorist groups, Hamas, which is a good thing because you don't want them saying they, they do support anything like that. But one of the things that I believe Trump told the Palestinians is that Gaza could be like the next Rio de Janeiro. So could you imagine like a travel spot like that in the Middle East where you're right there by the Mediterranean Sea and you've got, you know, this this gorgeous area right there that could be built up. It could uh, have wonderful hotels, entertainment, all these things that would attract people to your area where the people would benefit from this. I mean, there would be jobs that would be, uh, you know, grown out of this, the produce, uh, that produce a way for these families that have lived in poverty for years and years and years. Now they would be able to have uh, this major attraction where people would come in there and it would build this area up. That was what the peace plan was about. And that's what like the United Arab Emirates and these other nations, they see that potential there. And that's what they're, they've been trying to do this from behind the scenes and, and get the Palestinians to the peace table because they see the benefit for the Middle East as a whole there. And that's, you know how Trump was. He's a businessman. And that was, he had these big ideas. But that's where the benefit would come from. And then there would be also be health benefits and things like that, educational benefits for their children, because it would open up this trade with Israel that they've never had before. And the Israeli people and the Palestinian people, when you're there in the Middle East and you go to Israel and you see the Palestinians that live alongside of uh, these Jewish people, you can't really tell that big of a difference because these people living there in Jerusalem, especially in some of the other areas, you don't see the fighting. You don't see them uh, being hateful toward one another. You know, we talked about this the other day. 
And uh, you go in their shops, you go into their restaurants. We go into their shops. Uh, you know, there, there's the shops that are over uh, in Bethlehem that we've visited before. We're treated like, you know, royalty when we come in there. I mean, they, they love you, you know, and they, they look forward to those buses pulling up uh, because that helps their uh, income. It helps uh, produce um, wealth into their area. And so they see the benefit of it. And hopefully through this, we'll see the benefit. If this altercation between Hamas and Israel turned into a way to get to the peace table, um, it would be pretty incredible. Well, when, when Trump, um, when, when, when Biden was elected and Trump no longer president, you know, many Americans that follow Bible prophecy would think that, you know, this peace treaty can't happen without Trump in the office. Yeah. Um, and it sure has seemed that way based off of what we've seen up to this point. Absolutely. Do you see a scenario where America is not engaged in the peace talks at all? Yeah, it, exactly. So that's what we're seeing from these last two articles where we're watching uh, the EU begin to say, hey, we're not going to put this on backboard." Uh, back burner. We're going to step it up and we're going to try to take advantage of this opportunity. We're going to try to get um, the quartet back involved in it, the UN back involved in it. We're going to get these Arab nations back involved with it because think of um, what that would what that would do for the nation that comes up with this peace agreement. I mean, it's going to be a big deal, but we also see it in Bible prophecy. So we know from Scripture that we're not going to see the Antichrist come from the United States of America. And we have scripture uh, that gives us this information. So when we see that shift begin to change from America to Europe, we can look in the Bible and we can see how we know that. So in Daniel 9.27, this is where it talks about that covenant. And in case we've got listeners that this is the first time they've ever joined us, Daniel 9.27 tells us about this peace treaty. It says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate. So there's your abomination of desolation, even until the consummation and that that is determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. So I know um, the way that the King James is worded there, it could confuse some folks. But what we know about this is that covenant is speaking of that Abrahamic covenant that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Israel's right to exist in that area. And then we know that the word confirm there, if you look that up in uh, the Strong's, it says that it is to agree with or to make stronger. So if we had somebody from another area come in and build off those Abraham Accords, that would fit that prophecy perfectly. To agree with what's been laid out before and to make it stronger. Interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting because a lot of people were like, well, if Trump's doing all this, Trump's got to be the Antichrist. But that, that's just not the case. And the way we know this is we know from Daniel 7, we know from Daniel chapter 2 that there's going to be 10 kings that come up. And I think i got enough time to kind of jump into that real quick. Daniel 7 says, verse 7, After this I saw in a night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and breaking to pieces and stamped the residue with its feet. And it was diverse from all the other beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them a little horn 
before whom there were three, and the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now I'll add to that after the break, Vince, and kind of bring everybody up to date with how we understand that's going to be a European king that comes up. Sounds good. Well, give us a call, one eight seven seven in time one 363 We'd love to talk with you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at End Time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls about Israel and the peace process. Our number to call is one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We look forward to talking with you, Doug. Before the break, you were reading that easy scripture, <laughs> right. and uh, you give me those articles with all those names in there. That's hard to read, and you get the you get the KJV, right? <laughs> well, let me let me just go ahead and kind of finish that thought so everybody understands how we know this, uh, and then maybe we can go to some calls there, but. Uh, so still reading in Daniel uh, 7, verse 9 now, it says, And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did set, whose garment was as white as snow, and the hair of his head was pure wool, and his throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels uh, as burning fire. So right there we see that this uh, king is going to rise up out of these ten kings, uh, these ten horns, and that they're going to be there until the ancient of days sets his throne and cast down the other thrones and sets on his throne. So God's kingdom is going to be set up is what that's talking about. So these horns are the same as the 10 toes in Daniel chapter two, which is uh, a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And Daniel came in and he translated what the dream was for King uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And so starting in Daniel uh, chapter two, verse 38, it says, and wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of heaven 
hath he given unto thy hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art his head of gold. So the head of gold was the Babylonian empire. That was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's empire. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee. This is the breast and the arms of silver, and that's the medial Persia empire. And then another kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth, and that's the belly and thigh of brass, and that is Greece, uh, Alexander the Great's empire. And then the fourth kingdom, this is verse 40, shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and iron that breaketh all these things shall it break in pieces and bruise. The legs of iron are the Roman Empire there. But then there's another element, and it says, Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of the potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. The feet of iron mixed with clay is the Holy Roman Empire. So that's the empire that we're going to see. And it says in, in verse 42, And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. So these toes, there's ten toes, just like the ten horns. And it says, Where thou, uh, Whereas thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as the iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings, so these ten kings, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So God is going to set his kingdom up in the time of those ten kings. Those ten kings are the feet of iron mingled with clay, the iron being the Roman element, the clay being the Holy Roman element. And we see a revived Holy Roman Empire and what we see as the European Union, the modern-day European Union. So to see in that article, Vince, that the, the EU is talking about we're not putting this on a back burner. We're going to get with the UN, the world government as we know it right now, and we are going to get the quartet involved in this, and we're going to work for a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. All right. Well, Doug, you just went through that um, all those scriptures and gave commentary on what those uh, nations were. And uh, if you have questions about that, obviously we don't have time to go through and give you a whole lesson on the Holy Roman Empire revived and and everything else that Doug just went through. Uh, you can go to endtime.com/contact. There's a form there. Fill it out. There's a spot there for prophecy questions. Select that option, and it'll go to Doug and Dave and maybe a few others, and um, we'll be able to answer your questions, give you links and articles to help further explain that. But since we don't have time, I thought it'd be important to mention that. So go to endtime.com slash contact and fill out the form there. We'll be able to help you with further resources to explain that in greater detail. Uh, all right, we do want to get to the calls. There are open lines, one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We'd love to talk to you. We're going to go to New York, Brooks, Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, how you doing? Uh, we're doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Great. What's your question today? Um, I have a question about Revelation twelve fourteen, where the uh, woman is given the wings of a great eagle. And my question on that is, that, is that just 
it's going to be the first three and a half years, or should be nourished for a times, times, and a half a time, or is that for the last three and a half years within that seven-year period? That's a great question, uh, Brooks. So the way that we, we know this is it tells us that um, there's going to be a war in heaven during that time. In that same chapter, in chapter 12, you see this war in heaven. The devil and his angels lose their place and they're bound to the earth. And it says that he comes to the earth with great wrath because he knows that his time is short. So we believe that this war takes place at the same time the abomination of desolation takes place. That event we talked about earlier that happens in the middle of that final seven years. So three and a half years into that, we're going to see the Antichrist. He's going to stop the daily sacrifices. So we know there's going to be a temple there. There's going to be daily sacrifices started again. And this Antichrist is going to stand there. He's going to stop those sacrifices and he's going to declare himself to be God. We believe this is parallel with that that war in heaven where the devil is bound to the earth for uh, the final three and a half years. That event, Jesus says in Matthew 24, he says that it starts the great tribulation and that there had never been tribulation like that before and there would never be again. And so he tells us that event starts that. So that time, times and a half a time that uh, the Bible talks about there in 1214 lets us know that that's the time period of this great tribulation. So it'll be the last three and a half years of that seven year period. The Bible tells us in Daniel uh, chapter 7 verse 25 that that's the exact same time period that the Antichrist is making war against the saints for time, times and the dividing of time. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Brooks. That was a great question. Thank you. Yes, Brooks, are you, are you already on End of the Age Plus? I am. And I also uh, did the uh, Prophecy College, too. Wonderful. That. We have several lessons there on End of the Age Plus that, that talk about that in detail. So if you use the search function there, you can find quite a bit there that, you know, we spend a few hours on it on different topics. So highly recommend that. And uh, uh, if, you, if you want a link to something specific, you can reach out to us to the contact form there. So thanks for calling, Brooks. We appreciate it. We do have open lines. You can call us, too, at one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We will go to Colorado. James, welcome to End of the Age. Hey there. How y'all doing today? Doing good, James. Yeah, I just um, want to say you guys are doing really awesome, and uh, Dave's doing really good everybody's putting the truth out and carrying on you know what urban baxter started um i just uh had a question out of revelation in uh, the fifth trumpet you know the beast that's described in the the revelations that uh during the fifth trumpet how do y'all explain that? It's, it's just one thing that um, kind of confused me. I know that um, Saddam is destroyer, but just didn't know how to, the, you know, I guess put that out there um, the way Urban could lay it out. And I, I figured y'all could do that. Well, there's nobody quite like Irvin, James. No, that's true. <laughs> but Doug will do his best impression. <laughs> no, y'all, y'all are doing great, really. <laughs> Well, thank you, James. So I, 
I'm assuming that you're talking about where it says in verse 11 there in uh, Revelation 9, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue he has the name Apollyon. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we believe that that king that was over him was actually Saddam, uh, because right. of his, that's what his name meant. It meant the destroyer, and that's what these these two words in Hebrew, Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, they mean destroyer. Now, when it says that uh, the angel, uh, which is uh, the angel of the bottomless pit, the angel is like a spirit. So the spirit over, you know, the one that's like tempting this king to do these things if you remember Mm -hmm. in daniel uh i believe it's chapter 11 where daniel had been fasting and he had been praying and it appeared that his um his prayers were not being answered and then he had an angel visit him and he told him that your your prayers were heard from the first day that you prayed but the king of persia uh, was keeping me from being able to deliver uh you know this answer to you. Well, we know that that prince or that king over that area, that's a spirit, that's a demon that this angel was engaged with. And he said that he was fighting this, this prince of Persia, but then Michael, the archangel had to come and help him defeat this, this angel over this region. And so there, there are spirits, there are demons over certain things. And that's what that scripture is talking about. That angel that's over the bottomless pit. But that king, we believe that the king, because of the name of the king, is that fits Saddam Hussein, along with the other things that fit there. You know, I get questions all the time. Well, what about, uh, you know, the the um, scorpions and the locusts? Well, you know, we believe that that is war machines like helicopters and, and planes. Uh, because remember, John is, he's seeing a vision, but he's seeing things that he'd never seen before. John had never seen a helicopter. He had never seen, you know, an F-16. And so we believe he was describing it to the best of his ability. And when he talks about, you know, they have breastplates of iron and their wings made the sound of a thousand chariots and they had the faces of men. Well, when you think of a helicopter, I mean, when you hear a helicopter fly over, What's it remind you of? It, it reminds you of, you know, a thousand chariots running. And so we believe that that's what uh, John was seeing there. And, uh, you know, some of the other things that are in there, we may not have all of the answers for everything in that, but so many things fit. We know, and of course, I don't really believe in coincidence, but we know that's no coincidence. Right. James, right. are you on yeah. into the age plus? I am not, sir. Well, I would if you if you'll uh, stay on hold. I'd love to give you a few months for free. We have a, a lesson where Irvin spends over an hour talking about the seven trumpets, and he goes into detail about these scriptures um, and what Doug was just saying. I would love to uh, get your email address when we get you on hold, and I will send you an invite to that and give you a link directly to that lesson so you can uh, watch it a hundred times if you want to get it in you. 
That'd be awesome. Thank you. Perfect. It's our pleasure. Stay on hold, Sherry. We'll get your email address from you, and I'll send that over to you today before the end of the day. Uh, we do appreciate your calls. There are open lines, one eight seven seven end time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We would love to chat with you. Uh, you know, James mentioned that uh, mentioned Irvin's passing, and Dave, Doug, and myself, and our team here. We have a, a team of about twenty seven people or so. You know, what God gave Irvin was not to a single man. It's God. It's a God-given purpose, and our whole team here is called. You, as our partners, are called to continue to further this message around the world. And so, we appreciate everyone that's involved in that effort. Most of us walk around day by day, blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Teagall here with Doug Norvell. We have one segment left, so there's time for your calls. Uh, one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. You just saw or heard a commercial about Jerusalem Prophecy College, uh, like we were talking about before the break. This is a God-given purpose. This isn't just for one person or a few people. This is for everyone in our world. And Doug was saying, as that commercial was playing, we were coming back. You might have saw us laughing there. Uh, he said, "That's what it's all about." You know, there would be people who would take Irvin's lessons almost word for word and teach them as if they were their own. And you know. Sometimes we'd be like, can you believe this? And he says, hey, it's the Bible. You know, they can do that all they want. I just want the message to get out there. I'm not going to make a big deal out of people teaching our lessons word for word because the important thing is, is that it gets spread around no matter who's doing it because it's what God wants. God wants people to understand his word more than ever before. He wants you to dive into the scriptures. We have several resources that, that you can partake in to do that. Jerusalem Prophecy College is a great way to do that. Go to endtime.com slash JPC is the easy link to get there or jerusalemprophecy.college.com takes you to the same place, uh, but you can enroll today. And that's uh, hundreds of hours of lessons taught by Irvin that will take you to new levels in your discipleship journey. Whether you're new in this or you've been around for 60 years, we've had everybody take it and uh, in all walks of life, and everyone is blessed by it. Because, you know, Irvin was a fabulous teacher. He, yeah. he spent decades studying the Bible, praying, teaching it. And so yeah. you're going to get stuff that you've never heard before, and, and it's going to help you. I remember he told me one time he did not mind anybody standing on his shoulders. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I totally get that now. I understand what he's talking about. He had some broad shoulders and it was okay to stand there and teach what he had been given. Because God well, he also, laid this all out for he him. He also knew that he, he sure stood on other people's shoulders as well. And well, he'd tell yeah, you that. Absolutely. That he's not here on his own. <laughs> that saying he had about the 
turtle. If, if you ever saw a turtle on a fence post, you know it didn't get there on its own. <laughs> right. And so, Absolutely. Um, he was happy, <laughs> and in fact, he encouraged it. You know, yeah. don't don't in, don't waste the time. He wouldn't say waste. I I can't quote him properly. Basically, don't spend all this time doing the things that I had to do. Just right. take what what God put me through and build off of that. Yeah. And yeah. so go to JerusalemProphecy.college.com. It'll help you uh, tremendously. We do want to get back to the phones. Catherine is in Texas. Catherine, welcome to End of the Age. Catherine, are you there? Okay. You know, Catherine just uh, hung up, so we <laughs> we missed out on her. So sorry about well, that, you know Catherine. What? I can kind of give everybody an update on what this peace agreement, what we're looking for to fulfill this. That might help everybody to kind of understand that. Okay. So this prophesied peace agreement that we're looking for between Israel and the Palestinians, we're looking for, number one, the area of Judea, also known as the West Bank. It'll be given to the Palestinians uh, as their homeland. The Jews living in Palestine uh, will be allowed to remain there, living as a Jewish minority in the Palestinian homeland. So that's found in Matthew 24, uh, verse 15 through 21, where we talked about before, uh, let them flee from Judea. And then uh, the third thing, the Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement so that both Muslims and Jews will be allowed to worship there and the Jews will be allowed to build their temple on the Temple Mount without disturbing the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Asqa Mosque. So there's four things right there. That's found in Revelation 11, verse 1 and 2. And then the last thing, the issue of the control over Jerusalem will remain unresolved. It'll be something probably where they'll say, we'll, we'll look at this down the road, maybe seven years, we don't know, but we'll look at it later. We know that that's where the ultimate battle will be fought over Jerusalem. That's the Battle of Armageddon. And you can find that in Zechariah 14, 1 and 2. It tells you about Israel controlling Jerusalem until that battle begins. So that might help everybody out. There's five different points there that kind of we're looking for for that peace agreement. All right. Well, we do want to get back to some of the stories that we had to feature. Uh, The Jerusalem Post also did an article on the UNHRC to call for arms embargo against Israel along with war crimes probe. The UN Human Rights Council is set to vote today on a resolution that would call for an arms embargo against Israel and would create a permanent fact-finding commission to investigate it for war crimes against Palestinians. If approved at Thursday's special session, the 47-member UNHRC, the Commission of Inquiry, which would begin looking at incidents that occurred both before and after April 13th, The decision to call for such a probe was sparked by the 11-day IDF-Hamas war and was submitted by the Palestinian Authority in Pakistan on behalf of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. It would mark the first time that the UNHRC created a permanent fact-finding mission with respect to any UN member state. The UNHRC already calls annually for an arms embargo against Israel. Its insertion is an addition to that annual text. This new text urges all states to refrain from transferring arms when they assess in accordance with the applicable national procedures and international obligations and standards that there is a clear risk that such arms might be used to the commission or facilitation of serious violation or abuses of international human right laws or serious violations of international humanitarian law. 
Well, that has probably already happened, Doug, as we've been sitting here. I don't know the results of it, do you? I don't know the results of it. And uh, you you might want to just see if you can find out anything about that while I'm saying this part right here. Because <laughs> I'll try. I, I want to <clears throat> just remind everybody what happened here. So Israel was kind of minding their own business. But there was this issue with um, some people who were living into an area that was uh, actually uh, belonged to some uh, Israelis. And they were talking about possibly getting these Palestinians out of this area. They try to say that that's what a lot of this started with. Uh, but there was a skirmish that happened also on, on uh, the Temple Mount. And, of course... The Muslims, that's their third holiest place, but it's the, the Jewish number one holy place. Uh, and remember that Hamas fired 4,000 rockets into Israel. They started this skirmish by firing on Israel. And, I mean, 4,000 rockets are a lot of rockets, but they don't say anything in this article about stopping the ability for Hamas to have rockets that they can launch into neighborhoods of the Jewish people that are living in Jerusalem and, well, Tel Aviv and places like that, not necessarily Jerusalem, but into Israel. And so <clears throat> nobody's talking about holding Hamas for war crimes. And I know that it's kind of a touchy subject right now, and we're, what we're watching, Vince, come from this is we're kind of seeing a, a, a rise of anti-Semitism happening here uh, Semitism. I'm sorry. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're watching it. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos just out of New York uh, when there's been Jewish people just walking down the sidewalk, and all of a sudden they're attacked. And I mean, it's been pretty crazy, but that's happening more and more. We're watching uh, the anti-Semitism happening uh, globally too. It's not just here in the United States. It's not just in Israel. It's happening all over the place. I saw a video. Uh, from France, where they had huge protest uh, for the Palestinian people. And like we said before, we're not against the Palestinian people and for the Jews. I had somebody ask me the other day, uh, you know, why we support the Jewish people so much while they're doing this. We, we don't support anybody killing each other. It's not what we're supporting here. But we do support Israel's right to exist in that land and to defend herself when she's attacked. I mean, we, we support that. I do. I support that. Is, the, is that. Why do you support that? I think that's, that's, what, that's what's always important to me to, to get back to. Right. So the reason why I support that, the, the fact that they have the right to that land is because of what the Bible tells me, because I believe what the Bible says, and it's the infallible word of God. I believe God's promises to Israel was that they should have a nation there. Now, Israel is willing to exist there, with a Palestinian state, they're willing to give up area and say, okay, here's your state, and you can have this, and you can have Should all these they benefits. Be? Should they be? Biblically. According to the Bible, no, they shouldn't. What God said was to drive out the inhabitants of the land. He said to drive them out. He, he said back in the day to destroy them, to kill them, to get rid of their 
um, idols and their false gods. Yeah. The reason why God did that was he didn't want them following other gods. He wanted them to worship him. Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Yeah. And, and so that's what all this conflict is about anyway. That's why they've become uh, a thorn in their side, you know, and, and uh, a prick in their eyes and a thorn in their side. Like the Bible says in Numbers, it tells us that that's what was going to happen. God was predicting where we are today. So we're seeing this conflict. Uh, but that's why we support uh, Israel's right to exist and Israel's right to defend herself. But of course, we don't want to see people being killed, innocent, you know, children being killed in these bombings that are happening and things. But we also know Hamas hides in areas like that. They hide in schools, they hide in hospitals, uh, they hide their headquarters in tunnels under homes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anyway, I just, I'm sorry, that's a little bit of a rant on my part, and I apologize for that. But did you find out anything while you were searching? I tried and okay. couldn't. I, right. I didn't find any results, and it's probably me. Well, so we, we may have more news on that next week. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, we're, we're watching this cause all kinds of uh, problems where people are, are rising up against uh, the Jewish people in different places it's very it's very sad because we know from the bible that there's going to be another jewish holocaust there absolutely so. will and and you know we believe it's important as well for jews to get out of there which we read about this earlier yeah. uh, they need to flee from judea and we know that israel is going to be safe during that time or at least all of israel will be saved right. uh, some parts may not be safe all the time and we think it's important that jews make aliyah you know, many of you know about our efforts with the Jewish agency there. They actually honored end time ministries in Irvin Baxter. They put a, a plaque up at the Jewish agency in Israel in honor of Irvin Baxter because of what end time has done, what you as our partners have done through end time. Uh, you know, we've helped hundreds of Jews make Aliyah go back to Israel. And, um, you know, they've moved from all over Europe and uh different countries that we're actually not allowed to mention over the air because they're high-risk Muslim-controlled countries. Mm -hmm. And so because of your faithful giving, we've been able to help hundreds of Jews make Aliyah and get reinstated in Israel and get introduced to things like uh, the Jerusalem Prophecy College. And so, uh, you know, it's really an awesome thing when you start learning about all this stuff that End Time's got going on perhaps behind the scene uh, for some of that. But you can contribute to that. We, we, are, we are in direct relationship with the Jewish agency. Uh, talk to them. We get their emails every week. And uh, anytime we reply to them, they, they're always on it and we have direct communication with them. And so if you want to help us with that, uh, really it, it doesn't help us as much as it helps these, uh, the Jews there. Um, but you can do that at endtime.com slash donate. You can call 1-800-END-TIME-363-8463 and tell our operators that you want to donate to the Another Jewish Holocaust Fund. Now, do you want to add anything on, on why that's so important to do? Well, I, I want, this is what I want to add. <laughs> I want to add that if you want to know what you can do as, uh, you know, like helping us that way, let's say that you want to be even more involved in that. Okay. One, of, one of the things that Brother Baxter had in, in uh, his arsenal there is a plan for us to go into uh, the area of Judea when we see that final seven years start. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why Jerusalem Prophecy College was... Uh, created and and what we call the uh, end time one thousand yep. 
that End Time 1000 was going to be our army that was going to march with us, go into those areas, knock on doors, and tell them, you're going to have to get out of this area. So, yep, and then that's going through the Jerusalem Prophecy College courses is step one. So go to endtime.com slash JPC, start with course one, work your way through. Some people complete it in a week, which those people work around the clock to do that. <laughs> Some it takes a few months. So endtime.com slash JPC to help us reach Jews and people around the world. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.